Thank you, team. Aren't they good? Outstanding. I was just thinking before, you know, we've 24 years we've been going as a church and we've only had two music directors. That's right, isn't it? Only two, Mikey and K.A. And now Amy, three. Amy's our third. Pretty amazing over 24 years to see what they've built, you know, uh, on, on worship, on worship. Um, remember when Pastor Jeff Vines first came to our church, he was, he couldn't believe all these people are volunteers. Like in the States, um, if you want a, a, a great worship team, well, you buy them. You know, you pay them. They're all session musos that earn a living during the week playing music and, and uh, they could be doing a Led Zeppelin cover you know, on Thursday and then worship on Sunday and that sort of thing. But couldn't believe the amount of people, the talent, the gift, the strength that was raised up in the body. He went back to CCV in the States and, and it took him probably, what, a year, hun, or a year or two years, and he totally changed it, totally changed it. They're all volunteers. They're all people with a heart for the house. They're all people who grew up and said, you know what, I'm, I'm contributing. Everybody contributes, everybody wins. And, uh, you know, this isn't a, uh, a structured event. You know, it's a body coming together to worship the King of Kings. And um, totally different vibe, I've got to tell you. But who was here last Sunday night? Uh, I finished the message um, about uh, a mature family. Uh, Two-part message. If you get on the, the website and listen to them, it's good. Um, to keep in step with where we're going as a church, because this year we're growing. This year individually, collectively as a family, but then as a church, you know, as the family church, we're going to grow um, together. And, um, you know, uh, a mature family is the, the key, the, the foundation, the bricks that will actually uh, build a mature church. And... Um, there was one scripture I shared last week which stuck with me in Philippians 3.18. It says, For as I has often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears. I thought about that. I mean, can you imagine the Apostle Paul crying? This guy that was shipwrecked, this guy that was whipped, this guy that was in prison more days than not, and this brought him to tears. Because I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies to the cross of Christ. And we need to understand that Paul wasn't speaking about those outside the church. He was speaking to the church. It was the people in the church that brought him to tears because they were enemies, not to Jesus. They loved Jesus. They gave up everything and followed the teachings of Jesus the best they could. So they weren't anti-Christ, anti right? They were for Christ. But they, they were anti the cross of Christ. Because, you know, the cross represents sacrifice. And none of us like sacrifice. Is that right? It's just not pleasant. See, when we, when we sacrifice, we think we lose. Oh, well, I had to sacrifice that, and, you know, now I don't have it. No, no, no. No, it's, no. 
Sacrifice is not loss when you understand the value of the cross. The real value of the cross is not in the sacrifice, but the opportunity that sacrifice brings. Let me say that again. The real value of the cross is not in the sacrifice, but the opportunity that sacrifice brings. I was going over this during the week, and uh, actually uh, quite early in the week for me, because normally it's like, I start Thursday to get a message and then if nothing fires, um, it's Friday to get a message and if nothing fires, then it's Saturday to get a message because who knows, Sunday's coming. <laughs> Sunday's coming and it don't matter whether I'm ready or not, it's coming and, and so, uh, you know, but fortunately this was like Tuesday and I'm thinking, Wow. And uh, so this parable of the sower came to mind out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Let me read um, from verse 3. It says, listen, this is Jesus teaching a parable. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and it's, and it's Bob's 85th birthday today. 85th, well done. Give Bob a hand. Good girl, that one. Good girl, that one. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up, as birds would do. Some fell in the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It, it sprang up quickly because of the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still some seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. That's a good harvest. But the key that you have to understand this morning is that the good soil didn't just happen naturally. You don't walk out into the, you know, the outback and see, you know, some fields that are just arid, rugged ground and then some fields that are just beautiful, rich, wonderful soil just naturally sitting there. It doesn't happen. It's all arid. It's all got weeds. It's all got rocks. It's all got roots in it. It has to be processed. It's a result that a farmer goes in and he processes the arid land and makes good soil. Now, this farmer, when he brought the land, it was in the same condition as everything else. Some of it had hard paths on it where animals had, you know, worn a track or people had worn a track or quad bikes Worn a track, not in this day, of course. Maybe a V8 camel or two. <laughs> there would have been rocks on it everywhere, probably full of weeds. But the farmer started to develop it into good soil. 
And I'll tell you what, God is doing that in our lives this year. God is doing that. That's his mission on you this year, individually, collectively as family, and collectively as a church. We're going to grow. We're going to produce a mighty harvest in every life. And he's going to use the cross experience to do it. Who's excited now? He's going to use the cross to do it. Oh, don't be an enemy to the cross of Christ. Let's read verse 13 to 20. This is the result of Jesus' teaching. It's how he explains it. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like, like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places. They hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth and the desires uh, for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, 100 times. Let's have a look at this process of preparing good soil. Number one, it's the cross in verse 15. See, as soon as they, they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. As soon as they hear it, they think, wait a minute, that sounds good, but it's going to cost me. It sounds good, but there's, wait a minute, there's a cross in this. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to pay that price. Imagine if you were that piece of land. Imagine you sitting here this morning and say, yep, yeah, well, that's me, I'm a, I'm a block of dirt. Imagine if you're that piece of land and you're just minding your own business every day doing your thing, what land does, just laying there. That's what you do. In fact, that's all you've done as long as you can remember that's your way of life. You're just that block of land. Then for whatever reason, a farmer comes along and he looks at you and he buys it. He buys you as a block of land for a price. Now, he must have seen something valuable in you underneath the weeds, the rocks, the hard areas. But this farmer has a plan for your life. This farmer knows his stuff. He'd been doing it a long time. He knows that if he begins to develop you, that block of land, if he begins to develop that, then at the end of it, you're going to become rich, you're going to become fertile, and you're going to produce an amazing harvest. See, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God's just like that farmer. 
God is just like that farmer. We were, we were just going about our everyday stuff, you know, full of weeds, full of rocks, full of the, you know, uh, the hidden stuff. And then all of the, for whatever reason, God says, wait a minute, I see value in that one. I see value in that light. It's a mess now. It's a mess. But, you know, if I begin the process, if I begin to develop you, oh, man, you can be fruitful. Wow, you can be something of value, something that's productive, something that has life and produces life. That's good living. (coughs) Jesus paid the price on the cross for our salvation. And that's a great story, but but it's not the end of it. It's just the beginning. Because his plan is that we don't remain the same. We're not arid blocks of dirt anymore, but good soil in the process. But you've got to say yes to the process. You've got to say yes to the process. And to do that will mean change. Oh, who hates that word? Change. We like it the same. We like it the same. No, change is good. Verse 20 says, Others like seed sown on good soil. Seed sown on good soil. But we're not there yet. We're still in the process. See, see, once you understand, once you say yes to the process, then all of a sudden you realise, wait a minute, change has got to happen. We're not there yet. But the process has begun. We're still filled with weeds and rocks, but the, the farmer begins this development process. He brings in the plough. Who likes the plough? Come on. Likes the plough. Brings it in, just carves it up. Put the hooks down deep and rips it. Rips the land, rips up all those roots that were hidden. I told the 8.30 uh, service that um, in 1975, as a young fella, um, I rode a bike from, motorbike from Brisbane to Perth. And um, seven of us hit Perth with a $1.87 between us. And we lived in the car park of the Midland Hotel um, and uh, no work. And they don't like giving work to eastern staters in Western Australia because, um, you know, they know you're not going to hang around. They'd rather give work to their own people because they know that what they invest in them is going to come back, you see. You can invest in a Queenslander, but then he'll go home. And so you've wasted all that. So, you know, as a businessman, you can understand that. So we were unemployed for a little bit and uh, pretty hungry. $1.87 $1.87 didn't go far among seven of us. And uh, so our first job, we got a job up in a place called New North here, uh, north of Perth, and uh, we had this job called stick picking. Now, who knows what stick picking is? Yep, all the farmers, they know. And uh, so you walk behind a tractor tabletop, like on the tractor, in, in seven of us, and we're walking along, and as the plough churns up the mallee roots... You get these mallee roots in WA, which are great on the fire. They last forever. 
But these Mallee roofs, well, you pick them up and you throw them on the, on the tray of the, you know, and you do that all day. It's a fun job, right? Studied for that for years. Got a degree in bark uh, to do that. And uh, so we, we were hungry. We had nothing to eat. We, we lived in the Shearer's quarters. Uh, we shot a roux and uh, had kangaroo tail soup or stew, whatever it was, and we found these uh, little mushrooms in the field. <laughs> little golden ones. They were lovely. And uh, I, I honestly can't remember the meal to this day, but, uh, but we're, that's what we just were living off the land. That's what we were doing. Our second job was uh, rock pitching. Another, you know, weighty title. Um, rock pitching, we'd, where they'd stir up the boulders in the ground, we'd pick up the boulders and roll them to one side to a pile so that the farmer could, you know, develop the, the good soil. But here's the thing. If the development process is working... The land must look totally different in 12 months' time. Otherwise, there's no change. If it's, if it's the same as it was before, then there's no change. It's still arid, it's still barren, it's still full of weeds, full of rocks, and, and you know, it's the hidden things that the plough brings up that are the most important to get rid of. Because they've been hidden a long time. They've been hidden, but you dig them up, you get rid of them, and all of a sudden the soil starts to look totally different. The book of Romans 12, um, chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, God has this plan for your life. This farmer saw you as an arid block of dirt and said, you know what, I can, I can do something here. He started the process when you said yes and change is automatic of that. But you can't stay the same. You can't stay the same. We have to change. And a vital part of change is sacrifice. A vital part of change is sacrifice. You, you know, if you don't sacrifice, you don't change. You don't change, you stay the same. So simple. If you want to change your health, then you're going to have to sacrifice some of those bad eating habits. Is that fair? You want to change, you know, if you want to get better health, you want to... Get more sleep. Change the way you do life so you get some sleep at night. If you want to change your physical appearance, then you've got to sacrifice some time and sweat, go to a gym, exercise. Come on, otherwise nothing changes. And you say, you know, look, Pastor, this is so simple. This is basic. This is such a basic message, and it is. But here's the question. Are you doing it? There's, there's not something that's just outstandingly genius about this message. 
But are you doing it? That's the key. Just a simple word, but if I'm not doing it, no change. No change. The cross gives us the opportunity. And change equips us and gives us the ability. All we need to do now is to make the right choice. Number three. Make the right choice. Look at verse 20 again. It says, others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, they accept it and produce a crop. They accept it. Now, if the farmer, if the farmer's prepared the soil properly, if the process is working well in your life, he gets out there and he begins to sow the seed. Begins to sow the seed. And when it lands in good soil, it disappears. It just disappears. It doesn't bounce. See, if it's a hard path and you start to scatter seed like a farmer does on it, it's just going to go chink, 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 chink. But if it's good soil, if it's soil that you've allowed the farmer to develop and to process, then when that seed hits that soil, straight in. No resistance. No resistance. We hear the word of God this morning. So that's what I'm doing. I'm a farmer. Just scattering seed. Scattering seed. Scattering seed. The difference is we get to choose what sort of soil we are. That's our, that's our choice. We can say, am I, am I going to receive this? Am I going to accept it, as the Bible says? Am I going to reject it? Because if there's hardness there, if there's an attitude, if there's an unteachable spirit, if there's something that's never been dealt with and it's still that root under the ground and it's not been processed, you're going to hear this word today. It's going to go ching. It's going to ricochet. It's going to sound a little bit like this. Oh, well, he doesn't know my life. He doesn't know what I've been through. He hasn't had, he's had it easy, that bloke. He doesn't have to put up with that. He doesn't know this. Ching, 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 ching. Seed ricocheting everywhere. But the good soil, good soil goes, amen. 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 Straight into good soil. That works. You ever driven up to Toowoomba or Bundaberg? <coughs> you travel through some really rich farming land. Who's ever been up to Bundy up to the bed? That red soil, that volcanic soil. You drive through acres and acres of this rich land that's been processed, all the furrows all the way down. Just beautiful. And you, just, you can imagine just throwing seed in that and just gloop, gloop. See, it just disappears into like dust. Good soil. The soil has no chance to reject the seed because it's soil so good there's no resistance. 
Nothing hidden there, no rocks, no, no roots in it, no stones, no weeds to stop it. And that's the goal that God has for our lives. As the scripture says, when we hear the word, immediately we, we accept it. When we do that, we produce a crop. We accept it, we produce a crop. Gospel of Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And obey it. The book of James tells us in chapter 1, 22, Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. See, the seed or the word is designed to be spread, to be sown. It hits good soil and goes whoop, straight in. You don't have to touch it after that. The seed in itself has the power to generate, you know, to begin to, what's that farming word? Germinate. Was that the word? Fluke that one. You know, it's, it's, it has the, the, the seed gets in there, a bit of water on it, it begins, all of a sudden the sprout begins to come out and it begins to, to have life and, and then push through the soil and then produce a great, a great harvest. To germinate, that's the word I was after. To germinate, to grow and produce a great harvest. And the word of God is designed the same. It's designed to be, to be sown into our hearts and into our mind and to bring the change that will enrich your life like nothing else. Enrich your life like nothing else. But you have the choice to accept it or reject it. Have the choice to accept it or reject it. I wish you'd never given us that choice. We'd all be so far down the road now. We all, all would have accomplished so much more than we have today if we never had a choice, if we just heard the word and went, whoop, okay, I'm in. Amen? That's a church on fire. That's a church alive. That's a church with purpose. And I encourage you today, you may, you may be visiting, you may not have heard anything like this before. But see, you're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. God has a plan. He has a plan. You know, I, I spoke in the 830 about, you know, out of Philippians chapter uh, 1, I think it was, 1 or 3, I'm not sure, but... Paul encourages us, you know, to be an example. To live a life as an example. Paul says, I'm just, hey, follow my example. Follow my example. And, you know, I, I, I thought about this during the week, and, um, I mean, I was watching those, um, those shorts. I'd never watch the show, but I watched the shorts for um, Married at First Sight. Seriously? I've just seen the shorts. And I'm not a smart bloke, you know that. 
I can't afford to watch that show. I can't get any dumber than I am now. And I discovered that reality TV is not real. Have you noticed that? Reality TV, but it's not real. Who walks around all day going, (gasps) shock, horror, and I've only seen the ads. But here's the thing, folks. The world love it. You can't put brains in a fence post. (laughs) They're looking for an example, people. They're looking for the seed that is going to change their life to produce a harvest, not more weeds. The junk that is in our world, folks, is just producing weeds and they're lapping it up. You'd have to be a goat to enjoy those weeds. Because goats will eat anything. Amen? Come on, we have got to be an example. This world needs the church. Now, we'll never be perfect and we're not better than anybody else. But he is. He is. And that's who we represent. They need someone to follow, folks. If not us, they're in trouble. Trouble. That doesn't have to be your story. You're here today for a purpose, for a reason. God has chosen you. You're not here by accident. You're here for a purpose. Just get the soil right. Just say yes to what Jesus wants to do, and let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's build something that will last generations, that the world will follow, because we're their example. Not better, not above anyone, but an example. They're searching, desperately searching for someone to follow. It's got to be us. Amen? If you're visiting today, I'm going to encourage you to say yes. Just say yes. Say, give God a chance. Give God a chance in your life. I'll give you a 30-day challenge. Say yes to God, and if 30 days your life's not better, then, then walk away. I'm that confident. I'm that confident. If you will come to church four weeks in a row with an open, honest heart, saying, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to give this a chance in my life. And if, if this seed doesn't produce something of quality and value in your life, then walk away. That's fair, isn't it? I'm not saying call yourself a Christian. Make a choice that's going to produce something in your life that is going to have increase to it that will change generations. Is that you? Will you take up my challenge? Who's here? Just put, if that's you, put your hand up. Oh, you always put your hand up. I love you. I love you, champion. Don't ever stop putting your hand up. I love you. Somebody else. Come on. So I'll take up that challenge. Ladies wouldn't respond to that. The guys would. 
Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity. The cross is the best friend we got. Because if we're prepared to sacrifice, we can build anything. And even though we sacrifice, Lord, I know we don't lose. Because the harvest is 30, 60, 100 times more than we would ever dream or imagine. Touch each one, Father, I pray. Bless them. Sow into good soil, Lord. Amen.